We have concluded the book of Philippians. We concluded that last week, and so tonight we are going to begin the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, the title of this series is going to be called Freedom. Our study in Galatians is going to, uh, we're going to learn about freedom that, uh, that Paul was trying to uh, teach the people of Galatia about. They were, uh, they were getting some mixed reports on what they should do, how they should act as Christians, and there were some, some burdens that there were some people that were putting them on them, uh, uh, telling them that, that, that maybe Jesus wasn't enough and you needed to jump through some other hoops. Uh, that's a paraphrase for lack of a better term. And so uh, Paul was addressing an issue with the people in Galatia in the book of Galatians. We'll start in chapter 1 right at the beginning. Galatia uh, was a place that would be, uh, for us in modern-day Turkey, uh, that's about where uh, Galatia would have been located, uh, actually right around where the capital of Turkey is nowadays. Ankara is the name of that place, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where uh, Galatia would have been at the time. Uh, When we were in the book of Philippians, that was a a very encouraging book. There was a lot of brotherly love there, a lot of thankfulness, a lot of encouragement. Just a a good, happy book. There were a lot of good uh, verses there to kind of uplift us in times of worry, to uh, remind us that Jesus is our strength. And if, if, if Philippians was, was maybe the most uplifting book that Paul wrote to a group of people, Galatians may be the most harsh book that he wrote to a group of people because he's dealing with some issues that they are struggling with, and Paul is not afraid to, as a term we would use, step on a few toes. He saw what was taking place. He saw that it was not biblical, that it is not what... God commanded. It's not what Jesus Christ taught. And these people of Galatia were getting off track from what the gospel called them to do. And so Paul addresses that. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 10 tonight. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'll pray and then we'll go through one verse at a time. God, I come to you tonight. I thank you that we can dig into a new book in your word. And we thank you for giving us Uh, your word, God. And I pray that you would just uh, be with me as I preach through this series over the next few weeks, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would point out things in your word that we need to hear, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would help us to uh, realize that our foundation is in Jesus Christ, God, that we would uh, be on our toes, that we would be on our guard, that we're not going to be misled by those who may teach or preach something different than what we know your word says. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to be strong, that we would not fall into some of the same uh, problems that the Galatian people fell into. God, maybe we'll see some things in our life that we're doing that are just what they were doing that Paul is going to teach us about, dear Lord, that you're going to teach us about through your word. And I pray that we would uh, learn from those things, that we would grow in you as we study your word for these few minutes tonight. So I pray that you would just pour your spirit out among us. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, it starts out with a greeting, as many books in the New Testament do, and uh, there's no real question here that Paul wrote this book. That's pretty obvious because it's stated right at the very beginning of the book, and then the language all throughout the book, it's definitely uh, Paul who is writing to these people of Galatia. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not from men or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who was raised who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. So what Paul is doing right off the bat here at the beginning of the book is he is setting his foundation 
for who His Lord and Savior is. He is letting everybody know what foundation He stands on that, look, He has been saved by Jesus Christ. He has not been saved by any man. He has not been sent here by any man. There is no man that has empowered Him who has given Him uh, the vision of Jesus Christ. There is nothing worldly about it. Everything that, that Paul is is Jesus Christ. And so that foundation is being set immediately at the beginning of the book. He's obviously got some brothers there with him, and we see that, we saw that in Philippians. That there, uh, It seems like as we go through the New Testament that Paul always has some other Christians, some brothers and sisters in Christ who are helping him along the ministry, and that seems to be uh, the case here at the beginning of the book. He is establishing that Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. He's also establishing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he's establishing that Jesus Christ gave his life and that he was resurrected from the dead. And we see all that just from the first little little bit of the book of Galatians. So there is no doubt what Paul is teaching, both in this book and throughout the rest of the New Testament and all of his writings. And that's what he wants to make sure that the people of Galatia realize as he begins to uh, correct them on some things and open their eyes to some things that they need their eyes open to. Verse 3, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, he's making sure that the people understand. There is a He's making a, a, a contrast here. He's making sure the people realize who God is. God is the one who is worthy of all glory. God is the one who is in control. It was God's will, God's desire to have a relationship with us. And that will was carried out through Jesus Christ when He gave Himself on the cross to cover our sinfulness. Paul is pointing out that God is in control. He is an almighty God, that His Son gave His life for us, and that we human beings are evil, sinful people. And so Paul is reminding us that, look, we need a Savior, and that Savior is only Jesus Christ, and God is His Father, and He's pounding that point home. We see that all throughout Scripture. And, and Paul is getting his foundation in place. That's what I like to call it. He's getting in found, his foundation in place so that everybody that's about to read or about to hear these words that he is about to write, there's not going to be any doubt who he is speaking on behalf of, and that is Jesus Christ. And the same should be true for us as Christians. If we are a child of God, if we are a Christian, there should not be any doubt in anyone's mind what our foundation is built on. People should know from the get-go that we believe in God's Word, that we believe that it is what it says it is, and we believe in Jesus Christ as the only way and the only one who's given His life. And, and people should see that in our lives as well. Let's read a little further in verse 6. Here's where he starts to get on them hot and heavy. Now, this is, this is why Scripture is kind of tough, right? Because the thing about Scripture is, boy, it can cut us to the core. It can really convict us. Like, you can be going along, and you know, because if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and you know when you're doing wrong. And boy, when you read those words on the page, when they're black and white, or when you hear them, uh, some preacher maybe on the radio or maybe at church, when you hear God's words spoke to you, boy, it's like a, a sword just cuts through your soul. And sometimes these are things that, that we don't like to hear, because sometimes God's Word is tough. 
But it's true whether we want to hear it or not. And sometimes it's tough and it may not make sense or it may not be what we want to hear. But God's Word is true whether we like it or not. And Paul is about to bring it home. He's about to get on these people of Galatia as well as us because there are some things that we're going to cover in this book that are going to... uh, hit close to home for us too. He's done made his point. He said, look, I'm Paul. I'm an I'm a apostle of Jesus Christ. And now I'm going to tell you what's what. And so he's going to begin to correct the people uh, from the error of their ways that they have uh, begun to have. I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from Him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So it would appear as though from the text that these people of Galatia were probably Christian people. Now, it could be that these were people who were just hearing the gospel and they were choosing to reject Jesus. They had never accepted Him. But my interpretation, based on the way that the book is worded, it would appear as though that the people of Galatia are Christian people who had placed their faith in Jesus Christ, and now there are some false teachers who have come in and they have begun to teach something that is opposite of what the Bible teaches. They have either begun to cut Jesus out, to strip Jesus of who He was, to say, look, Jesus might have been a good guy, but He wasn't the Son of God. Or, they were acknowledging that Jesus was the Son of God, but they were adding some extra stipulations on, well, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a good Christian and receive salvation, you need to do some other things too. And the people of Galatia were giving in to these false teachings of these false teachers. And we also need to be on guard because we're not above any of these people that we see in Scripture. Those temptations are real, and we are faced with those kind of things in our world every day. And the people of Galatia had begun to turn from what God's Word had said and what Paul and what other Christians had taught them. They had begun to turn from the truth that is Jesus Christ, and they had begun to turn to a false gospel. He goes on to say, Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to change the good news about the Messiah. So there are some people there, and they're trying to change the good news about who Jesus was. The good news about Jesus is that we are sinners, as Paul stated at the beginning of the book. And Jesus willingly gave His life for us so that we could be forgiven. That's good news. There doesn't need to be anything changed from that. You're a sinner. You can't do anything to earn God's favor. Praise the Lord. Jesus died for you. Give your life to Him. Let Him cover your sinfulness and let Him carry the burden of your sin and free you from the wrath that is to come. That message doesn't need to be changed. That's as good as it gets. You can't add to that or take away from what Jesus Christ did to make it any better. But there were some who were troubling them. And it was probably troubling. You could imagine we come in and we read God's Word and I hope and I pray that I teach God's Word accurately and I don't stray or don't lead anybody astray by not being a very good preacher. And and we come in and we study God's Word both here and we hear other preachers and we hear truth. And then if someone were to come and begin to tell us something other than what we had read and what we had heard our whole life that comes right from God's Word, then that would probably trouble us as well. Depending on who it come from, maybe it would be someone who we trust, who we look up to, and they begin and they begin and they become to teach something to us that doesn't quite go along with the Bible. 
Maybe they quote some scripture here and there, and there's parts of it that sound right, but there are parts of it that aren't quite right. That would be troubling to us, and there were some who were troubling the people of Galatia with these false teachings. And we are not immune to that in our world today. We face many false teachers in our world today. Now, there are many people in our world today who would say, Jesus was just a guy. He was a good guy, but he was just a guy. He came, he died, that's that. There are some who would say Jesus was nobody. There are others who will acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, but they will also twist the good news of the gospel. And by doing that, a lot of times, a lot of groups, a lot of different people will begin to place the burden on people. They put the burden on us saying, well, you've got to live just a little better. You've got to do just a little more. And if you live just a little better and do just a little more, then you can be a better man. You can be a better woman. You can be a better Christian. And that's what God calls you to do. But that is opposed to what God's Word says. Because what God's Word says is that Jesus is enough, as we talked about Sunday. And so we can't be a little better because Jesus has already been good enough. And we can't be better than Him because He was perfect. And so we ask Him to be our Savior. We trust in Him because Jesus is enough. And so we have to stand guard because these things may not always be obvious to us. When false teachers and false people come in, they will often mix a little bit of truth in there and it's just enough to get you off track. And that's what had happened to the people of Galatia. They had begun to turn from what the gospel of Jesus Christ truly was and it had got mixed and mingled with some false teachings and it had gotten them to, uh, it had stunted their growth, we'll say, spiritually. Now, I'm not saying that they weren't Christians anymore, but they weren't living like Christians. They weren't living like they were supposed to. They were compromising what Jesus Christ did and what God's Word said. And that is why Paul is coming into the scene and he's going to call them out on these things. He's saying, look, why are you so quickly turning to something else? He said he was amazed that they were turning. It's amazing to me as Christians that... Somebody could come and and teach something or preach something that was opposed, opposite of what Jesus Christ said, and we would give in to it. But we have to be on our guard because none of us are perfect. And we don't want to fall into that same trap as the people of Galatia. He goes on to say a little further in verse 8, But even if we, that's talking about Paul and all of his brothers in Christ, but even if we, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than that we have preached to you a curse be on him. So Paul is getting down and dirty. He's saying, look, the truth is the truth. We have preached the truth to you. If an angel come and tells you something that's opposed to Jesus Christ, that's opposed to God's word, then don't listen to it. Paul says, if we even come back and we start telling you something opposite of what we told you before, then don't listen to it. Because God's Word doesn't change. If God speaks to someone, if God gives someone a message, then that message does not change. And so Paul is saying, look, I have preached to you the message of Jesus Christ, and if I come and tell you anything else, don't even listen to me. Talks about if an angel come. We see uh, many uh, false religions today that were founded upon people saying that an angel come and revealed something to them, revealed something that Scripture didn't reveal. There needs to be just a little more, and God has revealed this to me through an angel. Now, I'm not saying that God might not send an angel to people. 
God may very well, but if God sends an angel, you better be sure that God is going to send one who is going to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We saw that in Revelation chapter 19. John fell down before the angel. It was an, an amazing scene going on in heaven, and John fell before the angel. What did the angel do? He said, you better get up from there. Only Jesus is worthy of our praise. And so any angel that comes from God is not going to teach something that, opposed, that is opposed to Jesus Christ. But the devil, who disguises himself as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians tells us, has been able to deceive many, just like he has the people of Galatia. And we must stand guard. As we said before, I now say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. He repeats himself. He had just said that. Look, if somebody preaches something that's not of God, that's not of Jesus Christ, a curse be on him. And then he repeats it. Paul was making good and sure that these people knew what they were being taught was not of God and they didn't need to listen to these people because these people should be cursed who were teaching these false doctrines. And then he kind of changes up course a little bit. He kind of starts off, he hits them a little harsh, and then in verse 10 he says, for am I now trying to win the favor of people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I, were stri if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ. Now you can imagine that Paul goes into Galatia, or he sends this letter to Galatia, and he begins calling people out for their wrongdoing. You better believe that he probably had some people that didn't like him around. They wanted to get rid of him. We can believe that. We see that in our world today. A preacher comes in. Some of the church members don't like him. They want to get rid of him. Now, he may be preaching everything just by the book, but if somebody don't like him, it can cause a ruckus. And I guarantee you that there were probably some people in Galatia that wanted to get rid of Paul, but Paul was saying, look, I'm not here to please man. God didn't call me to please man. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. And if I'm going to succumb to the will of man, then I'm not a slave of Christ. Paul was saying this may be tough for you to hear, and I'm sure it was tough for him to say because sometimes God puts some tough <laughs> messages on those messengers he's sent. But when God puts it on a messenger's heart, they got to deliver the message. And Paul, I think, was letting them know here, look, I'm fixing to bring it. I'm fixing to deliver the message that God gave me. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to tell you truth and I'm here to make sure you're on the right track. <clears throat> Paul wasn't writing this letter because he was angry or because he hated the people of Galatia. Well, maybe he was angry at what was going on, but he wrote this letter because he was concerned about their salvation. He was concerned that they were going to just jump ship and completely say, well, what do we need Jesus for? We're going to find our own freedom in things of this world and in material things and in things we can do. But what Paul is trying to get across to the people of Galatia is that our freedom comes from Jesus Christ. And all of these things of the world, all these hoops we jump through are only a burden that drags us down, that keeps us chained up. And when we come to Jesus Christ, He is the one that frees us. And we need to make sure that we are not listening to a false message or listening to something that doesn't go along with Scripture. That's why it's so important for us to know God's Word. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. You always go read it. Somebody tells you something, Go read it. Find for yourself. Know God's Word. And if we know God's Word, we can be prepared for these same things that the people of Galatia were experiencing. And we won't be deceived by the tactics of the enemy. Let's pray. God, I come to you tonight and I, I thank you for uh, this, this 
good few verses that we looked at to start this book off, God. And I pray that it would open our eyes to, uh, to examine our own life, to make sure that we know Your Word good enough, God. To know that we are prepared to, to stand when we are faced with false teachings, when people who want to teach us things about Your Word that aren't true, when people want to tell us things about Jesus Christ that aren't true. God, help us to always seek Your Word for truth and to know that Jesus is enough, God. I know I say that time after time, week after week, and these people get tired of hearing it, dear Lord. But I want you to make sure that it's embedded in our hearts. So please, God, help us never to, to, to doubt Jesus. Help us never to question Jesus. Help us never to think that we need more than Jesus because Jesus is enough, dear Lord. And help us to remember that tonight. I thank you for your words, and I pray that you would bless us as we leave a little later, that your words would uh, stick with us when we leave this place. And that when we go out into this world, that we would be like Paul, that people would know our foundation, that people would know that we stand firm on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen.